you're a woman somewhere between your mid-40s and your mid-60s and something in your life just feels off. Maybe you, you're a mom and you've raised your kids or mostly raised your kids, at least they don't need you in the same way anymore, and you feel kind of lost because they were so much, being a mother was so much the biggest part of your life and your identity and you're not sure what to do with yourself. Or maybe you've had jobs all of these years and maybe you've had a career and you worked so hard in that career and you worked your way up the ladder and you, you added accreditations and degrees and you worked so hard to get to where you are now and you know you should be happy but it just feels kind of empty. And you get up in the morning and you drive to work and you wonder, what the heck am I doing here? Or, or maybe what you're feeling goes a lot deeper than that. It's like you're just not comfortable in your own skin. It, it's like when you got a tag in the back of your, your shirt and it just kind of itches all of the time and you just can, can never feel settled. And you should be happy. Things should be just grand. You've worked so hard to get to this point, but it isn't. And so you you go to your computer and you Google, you say, okay, I'm in this age range, it must be midlife. And it doesn't matter if you're 60 and don't anticipate living to 120, developmentally it's still midlife. And so you Google it and it comes up and you get an entire page of links to articles and websites about midlife crisis. And you say, yes, that must be it. I must be having a midlife crisis. I'm Peggy Hames and I'm the host of Making Midlife Matter. And I want to tell you today why you most likely are not having a midlife crisis. See, here's the thing. For a long time, crisis is the only language that we've had to talk about midlife. Now, my background is I'm a licensed professional counselor. I have staffed grief workshops for 20 years. I'm also an ordained minister. And when I look at this, this transition of midlife, that's what I see. It is a normal developmental transition, just like adolescence. Now, when our kids or other family members go through adolescence, we may literally want to tear our hair out because it can be so challenging and so hard. But you know what? Nobody is ever shocked that their kids are becoming adolescents. You know, it may happen sooner than you thought, it may be rougher than you thought, but you know, sooner or later, they are going through this transition. So why don't we see midlife the same way? Well, because it hasn't always been around. Um, I was reading earlier today about the whole setting of retirement age, and. And I didn't write this down, so I won't have the specifics, but I think when, when Germany first set their retirement age at, at 70, I think it was, and, 
and someone said, "Was is that going to be like old enough?" And they went, "Yes, because the the average German lived to be forty nine." So when we set retirement age at sixty five, most folks did not live a real long time past that. So you may have had five, maybe ten years. And there was a good chance that those last five or ten years, you weren't going to be as healthy. You weren't going to have the same energy level. All of that is different now. There's a a wonderful article on midlife um, in the Harvard Business Review, of all places. And uh, they called it an existential necessity, which I will come back to. But they, they noted that if you didn't start your career until after you finished college, then at midlife, say when you're 50, you have as many years left to be productive as you have worked. Because we are seeing people live now actively into their 80s. Um, my, my dear, dear friend who's in her 80s and who still takes bike trips in Europe. Um, you know, we, we 80 looks a lot different. And, and there are things that happen and people slow down and, and everybody's journey is different. But as a whole, when we hit midlife from that mid-40s to mid-60s, there's a whole chunk of life left. And the problem is, is that developmentally, we haven't always recognized that. Developmentally, we looked at it, there was infancy, early childhood preschool, uh, early grade school or grade school, childhood, and then there's adolescence, then there's young adulthood, then there's like adulthood, then there's old age and you die. What I believe and what I argue is that midlife is now one of those normal developmental phases and it's very much like a second adolescence. So, you know, before you start practicing your eye rolls so that you can be an adolescent again, hear me out. One of the great developmental tasks of adolescence is the question of identity. Who am I? And what is my life purpose? What am I about? Um, And so you see teenagers become, it's the start of becoming very passionate about issues. Uh, They're also passionate about figuring it out who they are apart from their family. Developmentally, in adolescent kids start moving away from the family and more towards their peers. It's like they they create this chosen family that they look to. Now, hopefully, if you have kids that yours chose well with those peers, but it's that peer group and it's that figuring out. And we also see it spiritually. It's not just emotionally, it's spiritually. 
It's a time when kids start questioning. Okay, you have taught me all of these things about God and faith. I'm not sure I believe all of them. And they start pushing back or they start asking questions. And that is entirely normal. It's the the transition stage from being a child to being an adult. And part of being an adult is figuring out what my values are, what I believe, what is important in my life, what relationships are important in my life, how do I create family, uh, what work is important to me, how, how do I live. In adolescence, kids start asking all of those questions. So how does that relate to midlife? In midlife, we we take another pass at those questions. A little bit different context, but in some ways the same questions. We have the question of identity. You know, I saw someone writing about midlife and and they said, you know, that 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 kid that I was, that teenager that I was, what would she think of me now? and who I am and the choices I've made in my life. How does my identity now fit what I wanted my identity to be? There's a lot of of recalibration. You know, if you have been a mom and and you've been in the the really labor-intensive stages of child-rearing, and now your kids are, are grown or mostly grown or, or they may be out of the house, launched into their own lives, all of a sudden, you're, you're still a mom, but what that looks like is different. And so that is not an identity that takes up as much of your daily life. Doesn't mean you don't think about them every day. Maybe you even talk to them every day, but you're, you're not having to go pick them up from school or you're not having to change the diapers. You, you know, it's, it's different. And so I know a lot of women, especially the women who always wanted to be a mom and, and that felt like their calling in life. Well, if your calling in life is to raise children and you've done that, now what do you do? And, and the, the same kind of passage happens with our work identities. You know, if you had children or didn't have children, either way, you may have worked outside of the home. And either it was jobs you did just to keep a roof over your head, or it may have been a career that you really fought for and that you were really passionate about. You know, I I started in ministry, I finished seminary in the mid-80s. And in that time in in Baptist life, um, women in ministry was like this really hot-button issue. And it took me almost a year before I was called to a full-time position at a church. And... um, during that year, I sold clothes in a clothing store, a women's clothing store. And, you know, I remember walking in every morning. Gosh, I'd walk through the mall into the store. And, and as I did, I'd be thinking, 
three years of Greek and two years of Hebrew. Do you need a blouse with that skirt? Now, I, I don't say that to denigrate those of you who've made a career in retail because my hat is off to you. I was not very good at it. I will be straight up. I was horrible at it. I was really great at setting up displays and straightening the racks. I was a horrible salesperson. So if you have done that job and done it well, my hat is off to you. But the point is, that was not the career I was passionate about, and that was not the career I felt called to, and that I had spent seven years in academia preparing for. And the, the point of all of this is that at, at times my mother, as proud as, as she was of me in, in my ministry, during that year at times she would say, well, wh why don't you just give up on this? Why don't you just go into business and you could do well there? But I couldn't give up on it. I had to fight for it. So if you were in a profession where you really had to fight for it, you may look and think, man, I invested so much in this. I should be enjoying the fruits of my labors, but it just feels empty. You know, I'm not excited anymore. I'm not like coming up with dreams and plans and I want to do a good job, but, but that's it. When I leave work, I want to just leave it. I don't want to come home and work anymore. I don't want to work on the weekends anymore. I don't want to do a 60 hour week anymore. I want to do what I'm supposed to do and that's it. And sometimes when we start having those feelings, we start feeling guilty, like, oh, we're, we've become lazy or we're not dedicated anymore. The reality is, is that that's just a part of the shift that comes at midlife in that other things become more important. And you may continue in the job that you've got now for another 15, 20 years. You may finish it out there, and that's fine. And you may do it while your passion is in something else that you do on the side. Midlife becomes a time when we start listening to those passions that either got put to the side when we had to just figure out how to make our way, or that we didn't know, we didn't have permission to listen to, in the first place. So at midlife, it is a normal developmental phase to step back and go, you know, I don't, I don't know. I'm not quite sure where I want to be or what I want my life to look at like. Um, I read a story recently about the trend of women in midlife returning to seminary and that as a whole seminary students are skewing a bit older because it's women who have worked and, and done their careers and then realized, you know, I, for this last phase of my work life, I want something else. Now, sometimes we shame people in midlife 
who go back to recapture an earlier passion. Like if you always wanted to be an artist or you loved working in clay and doing pottery and at 55 you retire, you take early retirement and you open up a pottery studio. And if you think about it, you know, we, we, uh, we may or may not say it directly to the person, but, you know, there are the whispers of, ah, just that little midlife crisis, there she goes. Just that midlife crisis. No, 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 no. Again, that's a part, that's a piece of midlife, is going back and recapturing those parts of ourselves that, for whatever reason, we had to lay aside in our younger years. Let me say that again. Part of the task of midlife is going back and recapturing those parts of our younger selves that we had to lay aside earlier in life. And in midlife, we take them back up. Sometimes it's because we're financially able to, like the person who retires early and is, is pretty secure and they can do this. Sometimes it's what we pick up on the side. And, you know, we, we dropped it early in life because of what other people would think or what other people said, that it was foolish or, or non-productive or who do you think you are and all of those kinds of shaming statements. At midlife, you know, this wonderful thing happens for a lot of us women, which is we don't care. We really, we don't give a flip if you think it's silly for us to spend every Thursday night in the pottery class. It just doesn't matter. That's part of the great freedom that comes as we get older. It's like, yeah, you may think I have flipped my lid. I don't care. I'm happy. And this, of course, is with the, the, the caveat that you are not doing anything destructive to yourself or someone else. But in going back and, and recapturing some of those dreams. Um, my father who's not a woman, but he went through midlife and he retired early. And one of the things he did in his retirement was to write, which he had always liked as a part of his work in advertising. He'd, he'd gone towards advertising rather than fine art, and in part because he liked the whole package. He liked the whole creative process. And he liked the writing part of, of writing ads and, and radio spots. But after his retirement, in his, his mid to late 60s, he was able to be a writer. And he wrote a newspaper column. He wrote a couple books. It was this thing. He, he won some like state senior games prize uh, medals. It was this thing that he had really enjoyed in younger days that he could go back and pick back up again. So part of adolescence and part of midlife is recapturing that. Allowing yourself to listen to those passions and those things that you used to enjoy. If you want to take piano lessons at 65, 
Go for it. You're not having a crisis. You're embracing where you are and who you are. Now, sometimes midlife is like adolescence spiritually as well, in that we may start to question some of the things we have always believed spiritually. We may have a reordering of priorities. Um, Richard Rohr has a wonderful book called Falling Upward, which is about spirituality for the second half of life. And in it, he talks about that stereotypically, as we move through midlife and anticipating this this last big segment of life, that we become more comfortable with ambiguity, that we don't have to have as much nailed down, that we may say there there are a lot of things we we don't know. I, I don't know the answer to that question, and it's okay. You know, my spirit is still good, and my trust in God is still good. I just, that trust doesn't have to be built on having every single thing nailed down and explained in some rational, proof-texted manner. So I encourage you that if you are a woman in, from mid-40s to mid-60s, to allow yourself to think about midlife not as a crisis but as an opportunity, this, this beautiful, divine opportunity to grow more clearly into the people we were created to be. Now, I think part of the reason that it hits us as a crisis is because nobody prepares us for it. Nobody says, like, you know, I have friends who, when their kids were pre-adolescent, you know, they talked to them and they said, okay, this thing is going to happen, and here's what you can anticipate, and we're going to ride this through together, even though you may not like me sometimes, and that's okay. It, nobody does that with midlife. They just like mutter about the red convertible and, and leaving your family and going crazy and losing your mind and menopause. And nobody says, hey, yeah, you're in this, this really cool and rich period in your life. And here are some tools to help you along the way. Here are some, some ways to help navigate this passage. Here are the things that are normal, things that you can expect. Here are some, some people and books and, and places you can lean on to find your way through. You know, um, earlier, about a month or so ago, in my home state, um, Hurricane Florence hit the eastern part of our state um, very badly. And um, the hospital system that I work part-time for, one of our hospitals got hit pretty badly. And so one of the things I have done is to 
that they've asked me as a, a chaplain to write emails to them. And I've been writing a couple of emails a week just about here's what happens with trauma. Here's what happens when you go through trauma. Here's what happens when you experience loss. And like almost email, every email, I end it with saying, this is really normal. This is really normal. You're not losing your mind. This is really normal. And the thing is, we haven't had many people doing that for us in midlife to just say, yeah, this is really normal. Let's party and go for it. I see so many women who get like squeezed up and hunched down and all crumpled up in midlife thinking it's some horrible thing that they're going through. And really it can be just this amazing birth of a really rewarding and profound and rich chapter in life. So this is the this is the land that I work in. And I hope you will join me on Fridays with this podcast where we'll talk more about those tools and those perspectives and things to learn from midlife and things to celebrate with midlife. And if you want to check out more, you can find me at heartcallings.com. I'm here almost every Friday. Um, I will say I was not here last Friday because the remnants of Hurricane Michael came through and knocked our power out. So every Friday that we're not dealing with a hurricane, you're going to find me here. And I hope you'll join me. You can... Find me on iTunes and subscribe there. And if you feel so moved, leave me a review or share it with your friends. I look forward to seeing you next time. I'm Peggy Haynes from HeartCallings.com. Take care.